Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Hello, everyone. And yes, this is the guy that the announcer said it was, <laughs> the host of Forward, the podcast, the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. I am Dr. Bobby Maybe, and we are going to get down to business today because we don't have time to mess around. Our guest is Allison Taylor, and she is one of the co-founders of Jane Software. And if you don't know what Jane is, um, we can put it like this. It is electronic healthcare records, electronic patient management and clinic management, or as Jane would put it on their own website, Jane offers online booking, charting, scheduling, and invoicing in one secure, beautifully designed system. And it is beautiful, and it is secure, and uh, basically it's uh, online booking, scheduling, billing, charting, all of that stuff that you can use in your practice, Um, reminders, check-ins, great schedule, claims processing, and all that in one affordable cloud-based program, but this was never meant to be a commercial per se for Jane. This was meant to be a conversation with Allison Taylor, and I hope you enjoy the conversation, and uh, hopefully someday we get uh, Trevor on as well, who's the other co-founder of Jane, uh, and he does a lot of the software developing and designing, uh, and um, I'm sure I can make an interesting conversation about that as well, because even as chiropractors, you need to have a little flair eye for design to make your practices and your patient experience an enjoyable and beautiful one. And maybe um, just putting it out there. Maybe Trevor can come on and talk about that a little bit uh, since I know the Jane people will be listening. But uh, before we get down to that, we got to get down to business. Our sponsors, Parker Seminars is one of the sponsors of this podcast. And you just missed, if you're listening to this podcast, you missed Parker Las Vegas 2020. Uh, It was an amazing event. Look, you missed it. We can't dwell on the past. We have to look forward to the future and be optimistic and think about what can happen in the future. And you've got some opportunities coming up with Parker Seminars. There's Parker Seminars Dallas in October, October 2 through the 4. And you've got Parker Seminars Las Vegas 2021, which is February 18th and 20th. So plan now. Um, I have a YouTube channel now. You can look up Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance on YouTube, and there's some videos on there, and I have a, a really quick review of uh, Parker Las Vegas and my experience there. Uh, and it's just that. It's an event you cannot miss anymore. It's probably the event that we all as chiropractors need to go to, uh, regardless of your walk in chiropractic life. You just got to be at Parker Seminar. So I want to see you there February 18th through the 20th, 2021. Um, cause I, I will for sure be there. Uh, another sponsor who I saw at Parker Las Vegas was the T tool. Check them out at the T tool.com. It's a soft tissue. It's the Swiss army knife of soft tissue tools. Cause it's got a lot of different applications. It's multidimensional. Um, I, I don't know what the differential diagnosis is, but I had a, a grumpy tricep is what I would call it. A grumpy tricep. And, uh, I went up to the T tool booth and had the T-Tool guys work on my grumpy tricep and uh, with the T-Tool and uh, fantastic results. Uh, I went home to my own office when I got back to work and T-Tooled my own grumpy tricep a little bit more 
and uh, it's just a great tool to uh, there's some people say it looks like a door handle or a cabinet handle, but that handle part, that round, smooth, buffed out round portion really saves your hands, saves your thumbs, and it actually feels really good to work with it and to have it worked on you. So check out the T-Tool at thetool.com. And last but definitely not least, one of our favorite sponsors of all is China Gel. And China Gel was also at Ford. Uh, sorry, at uh, Parker, Las Vegas. And um, what can you say? Uh, China Gel is the best. There's no, there's no way around it. Now, if you are a Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance Facebook member, go into the Facebook group. And up in the announcements, there is a China Gel uh, sale going on right now if you are listening to this podcast at the time of release, uh, which is late February. 2020. Uh, get on that China Gel sale because it's a tremendous opportunity to save quite a bit of bucks on China Gel products. And um, those are our sponsors. So thank you very much, Parker Las Vegas, Parker Seminars, T-Tool, and China Gel. And now let's get on with this uh, podcast with Allison Taylor. Um, we are not, we, we got into a conversation. Oh, before we get started, I'm going to go on a tangent. So I have a daughter and she's about to turn three and uh, three-year-olds can be somewhat obstinate and uh, she is in the nature. Now she's getting, she says shish all the time. So anytime you say something to her and she doesn't want to hear what you want to say, she'll just go shish, shish, and you know, like shush, like shut, shut your mouth, shut, 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 shut your mouth. So she just goes shish and, um, and she's getting into the shish mode lately and I've got a I mean, everyone can say something about this podcast. It's not perfect. I never meant it to be perfect. This is not meant to be one of those gigantic podcasts with millions of listeners. I'm doing what I'm doing because I really just wanted to talk to these people and I wanted you to hear the stories of these people in conversation. Um, so this podcast is not overly technical. This podcast is not overly clinical. Uh, if anything, this podcast is just uh, a guests kind of shooting the breeze with each other. And hopefully we get into some things that offer you insight or motivate you or whatnot. But this, uh, this podcast was never intended to fix the world. But what I do appreciate is sometimes people offer me uh, advice like, hey, if you did it this way or if you use this service or if you edited with this product or maybe if you added this or that to the podcast, it would sound better. And you can send me those pieces of advice at contact at forwardthinkingchiro.com. But what I don't need and I don't really care about is uh, – people who say, well, I don't listen to your podcast because you don't blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't have a table of contents on the podcast. I don't care. I'm not doing this uh, so that you can breeze through. If you want to breeze through the podcast, listen to it at a faster speed and you'll get through it faster. And that's what most people do. Um, like, un, what, what would you call it? Uninvited nonsense advice. I would give you the same response that my three-year-old is giving everybody now. Shish, don't need it. We're just here to have fun record it. I don't care if this podcast has a billion listeners or it's just you listening right now and my grandma. I'm just here to have these conversations and I want to record these conversations for posterity so that you can hear the voices of the amazing people who fill our profession and support our profession like Allie from JNAP and so on and so forth uh, so that there's a digital record of the amazing people uh, making this thing move forward and be an amazing profession for us all to participate in and serve patients through. So shish, we're going to talk to Allison Taylor now and I hope you enjoy it. Bye.
right, everybody, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Forward, the podcast of Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. I, my guest today is Allison Taylor from Jane App. And Allie, oh my God, do people in the FTCA love Jane? Oh, well, that's so nice. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here after our, I think, fourth rescheduling. <laughs> I got kids. I got lots of kids. And they, uh, yeah. they make me jumble my schedule around a little bit. I don't think that was your fault. I think that was my fault, actually. So it's very <laughs> gracious of you to say that. But yes, uh, it's it's nice to to finally have this chat, uh, and that's very kind of you to say. That was a very nice intro. I don't I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I mean, I think they're too obsessed. Is there such a thing? I don't know. You're running a business, so there's no <laughs> such thing as too obsessed. Um, I you know there's there's a Facebook group that um, are it's called the Jane User Facebook group that we did not start. Um, and people are in there talking about Jane all the time and I am in it, but I try not to, to be too involved because it's kind of, it was started independently of Jane and I think that's the purpose and I'm always questioning what, how, how involved I should be. But it is, when people talk about Jane publicly, it's, it's hard for me not to like being involved in the conversation. It's like someone talking about one of your children, oh, like yeah. a public forum, and then you have to kind of, you know, step back take a breath. <laughs> like we get a little <laughs> too emotional about it. So um, I'm glad that you're telling me there's very nice things being said. And if you want to, you can just tell me only about the nice things. Well, I, d I don't actually have anything but nice things that I can recall. I think uh, <laughs> there's, there's a people that there's a lot of people that are striving for mastery of the system or they want to get more into it. Sure, and they're always yeah. looking for more questions, but I don't hear a whole lot of complaints. No, and that's nice. And I actually, that's not even true. I do, I take the complaints the most seriously. Besides the USA billing thing, billing in the yeah. USA and that. Oh yeah, we could talk for a whole hour just about you. <laughs> it's actually something I find so, we're, we just signed up for a US billing conference. Did you even know that was a thing? that you? Could I didn't do? know that was a thing, no. It is a thing. Yeah, so there's like a vendor, a billers conference you can go. So we're going to go and both attend and exhibit and uh, yeah, it's an area that we're definitely spending a lot of time and attention on, so. It, we know, we know, we know all the things. Yes, of course. Before <laughs> we get too valid. far into the weeds, um, for, for the listeners who do not know what Jane is, can you do your thing, your pitch, right. your, your breakdown? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jane is a practice management software for Allied Health, which um, kind of encompasses a few different disciplines, but chiropractors in the U.S. is one of our fastest growing markets right now. So we're we're really pleased that we've kind of been adopted into the, the U.S. Cairo world. And so Jane does, it's a, it, we're web-based, so that means you can access Jane online from anywhere. Um, and it's online booking, scheduling, uh, insurance billing is kind of work in progress. We're about halfway through, so you can download EDIs, um, the insurance files, and upload them to the clearinghouses. Uh, and then electronic charting, so documentation, uh, reporting, that whole side of things. So a bit of a, it's a practice in the box. Also does payment processing, uh, online intake forms, reminders for your patients. I kind of, we sometimes say Jane's, Jane's a big lady. She does a lot of things. So <laughs> putting that all into one sentence can be um, a challenge. Big mama Jane. What is big your... Jane. Yeah, that's true. That's How did you get to this point where you decided that this was something you wanted to do? I guess that's a tease at an origin story, but origin story oh, yeah. is cheesy. No, it's not cheesy because I think <laughs> it, it is totally relevant. I um I was opening a practice. Uh, I always have to do this. You know, you, you have five kids. So you always do it like, how old was my kid when that happened? And then you yeah. kind of backwards. So I, it was when I had my third. So he is now. So in, in 2011, I was opening Canopy. 
which is an integrated healthcare clinic. And I'm here in Vancouver. We're Canadian. Um, and so it was uh, physical therapy, chiro, massage, naturopath, counselors, osteopath, acupuncture, oh, uh, midwives, a little bit of everything uh, in this one practice. And I was looking for software, specifically online booking, and something that allowed for um, medical documentation for all those different disciplines, and just really struggled to find something that would would work. So I was um, with my co-founder, Trevor, who you've met, right? You met Trevor, yeah. Yeah, I sure did, yes. So he was um, doing my website and my branding and design at the time, because he had a, a marketing agency. And so I was complaining and showing him all of the the awful options I had to work with or just didn't have. And he offered to build something as part of my website um, about six weeks before I opened, which was, I think, quite ambitious of him. I don't know if he realized how much work it would be at the time because he had to quote me on how much it was going to cost me to build this. And I told him he had to quote me a reasonable number because I wanted to be uh, a, a difficult client. I wanted to be vocal about my what I wanted. So I'm like, yeah, this has to be a very reasonable fee because I'm going to be very vocal. Uh, and then he built it and then it just ran as part of my website for the first year and a half of my practice and it just worked really well. I think I contacted him a couple of times and other than that, it just kind of did its thing. So it wasn't called Jane at the time. It was just my website, I suppose. Um, and then, so that was kind of where it all started. And then we started having other people contacting us cause they could see the online booking. Other clinics really liked it. And, uh, they were contacting me and they were contacting his agency because they had their name on the bottom of the website. And then, so a year and a half later, he just said, Hey, maybe this should be like a side hustle and we could build it into something. And, um, we did. And so they started launch, started licensing it to other practices in 2014. And then since then it's just taken off. So we're at a um, hundred people now we're being used like hundred staff <laughs> and we're yeah. uh, being used by all around the world, actually. So all in North America and then the UK, Australia, New Zealand, English speaking primarily, although Jane is translated into some random random languages for the patient side, Estonian and <laughs> very strange. Uh, I don't know, just on demand, we sort of translate the patient face, facing side. So that's working well. It's like a, a two-headed monster. You need someone who understood the clinical side of things and somebody who could deliver on the tech side too. Yeah, and I, I think that's pretty that's a pretty common tech startup story, but we, we just didn't really do it quite as intentionally as some people do. Um, but it just, and I, I think we didn't quite realize the need. We thought it was going to be just a bit of, I think our original business plan had like six staff. Um, and we just thought we would continue to do our own things. But it turned out that a lot of people had this need more than just us. And I actually can't tell you the number of times that we've heard people say like, I was going to do this. This, this was the <laughs> idea. And we're like, okay, that's it. But you it didn't. And, we did. <laughs> and that's the way that cookie crumbles. Amazing how much is in the execution. Sometimes. Absolutely. But yeah, how, much, yeah. how much do you think small, being a small business owner contributed to you being a owner of a tech company? I, yeah, I think that being a small business owner is actually the best business education that you can get. I think we all, as small business owners, have to be capital efficient. Like we have to pay attention to where our money goes because uh, there's only so much of it. We have to understand relationships and we have to understand what drives our customer adoption. And like I, I actually constantly talk about how uh, we run Jane the same way 
that I, I will, you would run your clinic, um, which is you have to build good relationship. You have to have trust with your, your client base and you have to provide a like really amazing service so that people come back and tell other people about it. So when you look at the parallels on how to, how to run a successful business, it, it really translates from clinic world, small business world into the, this tech company that I am now part of running, which is never, you know, when, I, when people said, where do you, who, what do you want to do when you grow up? This wasn't my answer. This, <laughs> <laughs> this what was what, your answer? This isn't what I thought I would be doing. Um, I actually thought I, was, I wanted to be a physio for a while because my uh -huh. parents are both, are both physios, physical therapists. We call them physios. So that was sort of the world I grew up in. And then I thought I wanted to be an English teacher for a while because I really love teenagers and I actually really love the English language. And I don't know, you never, you know, it's just what you get exposed to. I said that about someone, it was like the, the, someone in politics, like the minister of finance or something. And she said, well, I never thought I'd be this when I grew up. I'm like, whoever says they want to be the minister of finance when they right. grow up? Literally <laughs> not a single five-year-old is going to say that as their answer. So it's, it is kind of a, a funny, it's a funny part of life that we ask our kids to decide what they want to do before they've even experienced half of life. So yeah, this isn't where I thought I was going to end up, but I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I'm here. We're having a really good time. And it's cool to see how all of those lessons along the way that you don't necessarily recognize you're learning can play out in your career. In your well, slow down a second. This isn't necessarily where you're going to end up, right? I mean, you're oh. only like 24, so <laughs> it could just be the exactly. launching pad to something 20, else. 24. And I also have the miracle of aging under control. <laughs> That's what I've done so far in my life. The, it is definitely not the end. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I think if you ask me, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, my answer would be something that like, I'd have to have a career that I'm always learning. Yeah. I don't, that's like my one, that's my only goal. And actually recently, so my, I managed my father's clinics for many years. When I was at school, I was at school taking an English degree actually. And I became his office manager. And he, so I was running his business and he always wanted new toys. Like he wanted um, a real-time ultrasound or he wanted a shockwave machine or he wanted all these toys. And I used to be like, you know, there's clinically, <laughs> there's not a clinical reason for you to have that toy. Like we haven't seen positive outcomes from that and no one's going to pay more for that because they're just going to expect it as part of their treatment. And I used to give him a really hard time about it. And then last year I suddenly realized that the reason he wanted these toys was because he wanted to keep learning and growing in his practice and trying new things. And yeah. I messaged him and I said, I am sorry. I said no to those things. I should have just gotten you a, a loan and bought those machines for you. Like <laughs> I actually realized how important it is in our lives to continue to evolve ourselves. And that's just, and I just shut him down for no good reason. Only because I was looking at the business in a different way and not putting the same value on that that I should have. Yeah. Clinicians and, healthcare workers and educators and and all the folks that deal with other people we we're very unique in that um we don't we don't whatever we do we do for the time that we're sort of working but we don't create things for a long term you know we're not creating sculptures or, yeah, you're right. or buildings or that's interesting we just yeah. create better people and then that's it and then we move on so and it's the same and it's the same every day but different every day that's yeah. really fascinating. I never really thought about that because we we talk about that in our in customer support at Jane. 
I'm like, how it's a bit of a hamster wheel. Like you answer all the emails, then you answer all the emails the next day, then you answer all the emails the next yeah. day. And I guess that's sort of similar to what it must be like working with patients. Cause it's just, it's new all the time, but it's also fascinating. That's a fascinating puzzle every day. When someone walks into your clinic, there's so much problem solving. And I think that's what I initially would have loved about being a therapist was the problem solving and just figuring out what's wrong and figuring out how to meet people better. And that part would have been very appealing to me. But I originally, when I did, after I was done Canopy, um, which was the clinic I opened for Jane, it which got- co- Which covered everything, sounds like. Covered Just like everything. a canopy. Okay, exactly. Hence the branding. It was very clever, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now I say I should sell it to a marijuana company because it's called, it's Canopy Health. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Anyone want my domain? And everyone's claims for uh, marijuana are that they cover everything too. <laughs> Good point. It's the miracle drug right now. You're right. I, well, I mean, we could get back to this, but the thing about cannabis that I found fascinating is all of the pop-up the surrounding um, businesses that pop up, like someone's trying to figure out how to um, do a portable cannabis tester for people who are driving and all these things. Like it's like there's industry that's gets create that's created around other industries, which I guess that's is right. Jane is the same. We're kind of an industry around healthcare and there's a need for, there's all these interconnected needs. But um, yeah, so I was doing canopy and it, you know, clinics get to a place where you max out it. Like you have a physical space and you can only, you can only do so much once you have a certain number of people. Right. You can't really go any bigger than that. And so canopy got to that place and I was like, okay, well, this is just the same every day now at this point. Um, so I was looking at potentially franchising it because I had a brand and I had a software and I had a, a model that was working and was actually pretty low. Um, it didn't take a lot of work and it was just sort of a room rental model. And then I started learning about that because that was where I was going to go. And that's when Trevor asked about Jane. And so I ended up going in that direction instead. But I think we're all, we should all be doing something with our time that we love to do. We're spending 90% of our lives doing it. So the other problem still needs to be solved. You know, there are a lot of a lot of people who as I know particularly the chiropractic side of things, but I'm sure in other professions as well as well that are really attracted to that uh, integrative approach that includes mm-hmm. everybody, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where I read the research from and it was a while back, but the research was pretty clear that those clinics do not last. A lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they, just because of the financial model. Probably just because the financial model. Yeah. And, and my theory is also in how they're utilized. I, I think a lot of those types of clinics weren't successful because it was just a lot of providers in one building, but they weren't really actually integrated with each other. Yeah. You know, I've talked to people who have done both, like some who are really trying to maximize. And honestly, it's usually based around the insurance. Sure. Right? Like, so they're thinking, okay, this is what we can do. We get a patient in, we say, what are your benefits? And then we coordinate their entire care plan around what will be paid for by their insurance, which right. is, it's, I understand it. You're, you're people, people won't pay like paying out of pocket is a, a different conversation than having your insurance benefits pay for something. But I also am like, is that, can you really model the best care for someone based on like what is covered as opposed to what they're, what's happening in their body? So that's yeah. a great, that's a great question. I would say no, personally, <laughs> I've well, seen I, that model, you know, I've seen that model. It's the patient yeah. comes in and they're like, check the insurance and whatever's on the insurance is what we're going to do. Yeah. Although I do also think that I've gone to many practitioners before without a particular complaint. And every time I'm like, that was amazing. Like you cared for me. You, you spoke to me, you listened to my 
whatever is going on in my life and you provided me with care and you touched me like in a way that was caring. I just think that there's benefit to that. There is benefit to that. Like there's a mental health benefit to that as well as just like, I'll walk into a physio, like a physio or a chiro appointment and be like, I don't know, I think I'm fine. And then they'll, they'll push me and I'll be like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't move there. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I'm not fine. I just, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. That's what I am. I'm used to the fact that my back hurts all the time or my, I can't turn my head fully to the left and I've just worked around it. Well, the human body is amazing that way too. If it's, um, if that nociception and pain is not worthwhile information, you just kind of forget about it. Both of those things are true. I can't turn my head all the way to the left and I have lower back pain right now. <laughs> Can I come for a visit? That's right. And you, you've got to make the choice. Ironically, also, when you, when you pick up the phone and make the choice, it'll start moving and feeling better too. <laughs> Your brain's no. like, finally, you've done something about it. I'm going to come down to see you. I'm going to get on the train. I'll be here. I'll be here for you. I'm going to come for a visit. Oh, right now that just sounds so nice. Sitting, I'm just, and I'm sitting up straighter. I'm improving my posture just because of this conversation. And I will care for you and I will listen to you. Yeah, listen to me and tell me I'm doing fine and that you're here to help me. That's so nice. I just think we don't get enough of that in our, in our lives. I think um, healthcare practitioners have a very special role um, that I don't know a lot of them maybe don't even know how amazing that is because we always, we discount our own knowledge. For some reason, what other people know is more impressive than what we know ourselves. Something totally, about, yeah. I don't know why that is. I see that all the time in new grads when they would come into the clinic and they would um, be so worried about the treatment they were about to give. And I'm like, you know far more than this person that's walking in the door. Like far, far more. You may not yeah. know as much as the practitioner that's been in practice for 10 years, but trust me, you know more than you think. Like just listen to their problem. And, you know, if you need help, just bring someone in. People love it when you bring in a second practitioner. They think they're getting amazing care. But for some reason, these new grads would have a hard time with that idea. No, I, I give that advice all the time to, to students as well. It's like, don't, don't worry about it. You will graduate and you will know everything. You need, almost, well, you'll know plenty that you need to know to take care of somebody and you'll do a totally. great job. Totally. And you'll become a better practitioner over time. Absolutely. That's yeah, mastery just, takes time. Sure. Yeah. That's just exposure. Like you'll just get better at recognizing patterns or you've seen this before, or, you know, you, you do get better and faster, but uh, I think, I think there's a little bit of a discounting of what you know already. I'm like, you are we there. We do have this thing, the internet and social media, and there are a lot of uh, gurus that post a lot of videos and they put themselves in positions that they have knowledge. You don't, it's sort of like the, Hegelian dialectic, you know, they create the problem and offer the solution to these young people right. for, for money, you know, and it's like, you don't, you don't need to look up to a guru when it comes to clinical stuff, because it's very straightforward. It's actually just caring for people mm -hmm. and you won't get all of them and exactly. you won't solve all the problems, but that's not the point. And, and every time you run up against a a situation clinically where you're not solving the problem. That's just your, your brain saying you need to go learn more. I've, and I think every therapist I know has the story of someone who's coming to see them and said, I've seen four people and no one's been able to help me. And then they can help them. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes you're one of the four that wasn't able to help them, but sometimes you're the one that is able to help them. And I'm like, that's just the way it works. Like some that's, it's not going to be every time. But sometimes the way you view the problem and the way you see the world and your experience is going to align perfectly. And you're going to be the one that has that. And the language and the connection. Yep, and exactly. And the personal connection for sure. 
I know. I think that's, that's also underrated, finding a practitioner that works well for you. And then as you get older and you get more experienced, you start to learn to, um, I, I guess you could say, parse them out. Like, oh, this individual that's coming in is an end, analytical individual. Now, when I was in my early 30s, I would never be able to treat somebody who was analytical. Their personality type wouldn't agree with mine. Right. With the, with the math. I don't, with all the facts. Yeah. Be quiet. Yeah. Just lay down on the table. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, well, we got an analytical person. So let me, let me show them some statistics. Let me show them some graphs. And That's fascinating. I don't know if most people would think to adjust their style for their patient type, but that's a really. That's yeah, it, it kind of goes around a little bit. I, I like to break them down into four basic types. There's the analytical, there's the uh, amiable people are cool. They're just like me. It's like, whatever, man, it's all good. You're the pro, just get it done. Yeah. Uh, there's the emotional type, you know, they they yeah. really need to be able to express themselves and they talk with their hands and you might yeah. have to give them a hug. Oh dear God, if you have to give them a hug. And um, I forgot the other one, the driver. Yeah. The driver is a little more challenging for me because I do like to educate in practice, but somebody who's a driver just wants to get in it's, and get out. Yeah, totally. Just fix me. Just fix me and let me go. So you got to respect that. Like that person's not going to sit around for a hug and a big long description of what's going on. And, <laughs> and do you think because your style probably lines up more easily with one of those or two of those? Sure. Would you, would you still treat the other, the third, the, the category that doesn't work so well for you? Or would you maybe refer them out? Um, there, I, I think the, well, you could still do it because you're noticing and you can still provide great care to them that they feel very like. And maybe a short care. course and see if they're a quick responder, but if they don't respond quickly, then uh, the consider a referral. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fascinating. I've always found that the best practitioners are the, like I said about the learning before, I, I find it so interesting how the ones that were fully booked all the time. And I still see this are the ones that are out there and that are super passionate about something that they're learning. And yeah. what I love was I watched two of two therapists in my practice and they both went and took different courses about different things. And they both ended up with this like many, many week long wait list because they were so excited about what they were doing. And they, that excitement was passed on to their patients. And so they were doing obviously completely different things. It's not like there was a magical theory that was working for both of these practitioners. It was just this passion that they had for their practice. Right. And and I think that that passion is sort of underrated as for what makes someone a great therapist. And it can be, you could, there's a billion, million things you could learn. There's so many courses you could take. There's so many theories of practice that you could pursue. And, but all of them are going to give you that sort of renewed, I mean, you must do this with FTCA or you're doing a lot of educational content, right? Well, I'm a different cat um, <laughs> for many different reasons, but here's what I like to do, Allie. I like to, try to create some sort of system and then run that system for a while and then burn the whole thing down to the ground and start something new all over again. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that they're doing these guys because they're doing courses that are of a specific style. And then if they move on to something new, they're like, yeah. great, doing this if now. You, yeah. You, you, you're operating on a certain level, then you discover something like the selective functional movement assessment, a different oh, way yeah. to assess how people move. And you're like, I can't, I can't exist the way I've been existing anymore. Yeah, exactly. But that's and then you learn McKinsey so, and you're like, I can't exist the way I was existing anymore. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're all of a sudden, it's new information. You're so excited about it and putting it into practice. And The great thing about that or in, in, in myself being a Jane member, being a user of Jane is that it, it, it kind of flows with me. You know, I can change as okay. I go. It can change as I change. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And that's sort of what part of the design behind Jane. It's adaptable, you know? It's adaptable. Yeah, every, and like I said, you put five practitioners next to each other. No one's going to document the same way because you all treat differently. Everybody yeah. has a different style. And that's, I've never thought about it actually in that your practice will evolve as well. And I used to laugh about the paper templates. Did you ever, did you ever do paper charting? You must. I still have done paper charting. I still will do paper charting. You so, can look up my, my thing, can't you? I don't even have any notes on Jane. I don't log into people's <laughs> accounts unless it's, a very, like, unless it's authorized. We don't just go into people's accounts for no reason. I was raised on paper charts. So yeah. like, like you learning by having to write things down. Yes. Like I really absorb that information when I write the initial consultation down. Um, so, so yeah, that helps you just synthesize yeah. the information. But, but the soap notes and things like that, doing that all digitally is great. Um, so it's kind of a combo of both. Then you got to sort of scan things in and, and whatnot. But Well, I, I used to um, have this, the paper templates at the office. So people would work forever building their <laughs> form and then they would use, you would use one corner of it. You had this great plan, right? I'm going to use yeah. this thing. And then they would like actually just use one corner of it. And so whenever <laughs> people would start with Jane and they were like, well, I want, a trans I want this paper form and I want it to be like replicated in right. Jane as a template. And I'm like, I'm not going to help you with this unless you send me, you can redact the names obviously, but send me three completed forms and then I will help you <laughs> because <laughs> I want to see how you actually use this because before we start talking about making it into a template. Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you don't use this whole thing. Yeah, well, I think there's probably two subsets of people there. The people I, I would ascribe myself to, the ones that um, are, are still designing their practice would be those people. Ones that are redesigning their practice. Uh, ones that are always evolving their practice. And then there's the other subset, which are people that have, they all, they've always done it a certain way. It's the way they do it. It's the way they know mm -hmm. how to get paid. Mm -hmm. And they just want to walk into the situation and okay. already have it sort of set up and ready to go. Yeah, it's like how you divide your patients into four camps. I can divide yeah. users into 25 camps. different users. Our, our customer base, oh, our customer community. Yeah, they're, they're very, there are some different styles in there, but it is interesting how much overlap there is because everyone wants to be a helper. Like helping is very important to all of our, like everyone that's using Jane is looking to help people. I would say that that's their number one for sure. And that is one aspect of Jane that is a community and, and it's the templates for the forms. Yeah, uh, I think that's very community-based. Um, yeah, we've talked a little bit about uh, what we could do in the future about with Jane's community to make it like an even more interconnected group of people. I think you and yeah. I have some like short discussions about that. I know you're going to come up to our conference in the in the summer, and we'll talk more about that there as well. That was not an intentional plug for the conference, but maybe I should just tell you that Allied is happening in the summer. Yeah, what is this? What what the heck is this? What what is this nonsense? What is this nonsense? I know we're doing a community conference. We wanted to bring together our people. Jane's so cool. They think they can do a conference now. We're going to try. It's the <laughs> You know what? We started calling it the annual conference. And then I'm like, let's not say annual, guys, just in case we decide. Yeah. Get one under your belt. Yeah. Do this again. I don't ever want to do it again, right? Yeah. So I'm like, let's not do annual until we get to our second. And then we'll call it the second annual. But the first one is just allied. We've, we've actually done some smaller like meetups before that have been really successful. Just saying like we're here in a city if people want to come by. But Really, I think we wanted the goal is to just uh, inform and people on how to be better Jane users. But then we started adding all this content. And I'm like, this could actually be cool for anybody, like running cybersecurity in a small business and 
Facebook advertising, like how to have a basic Facebook campaign and all of the topics that started to come up were, were actually just kind of useful. I'm just like, we want it to be helpful to people and how to run their small business. And of course there's going to be a lot of Jane specific content. Like here's some pro schedule navigation tips, or here's how you can use our reporting better or things that are just going to help make people better users of our product, like of Jane. Yeah. Because really, I think when you go to some conference, you want to walk away being more educated on the topic of the conference. That's, Absolutely. That's the goal. So there is definitely some workshops there. And then I think people like you, we have a few other Jane users that we have worked with for a long time that are just going to talk about how they use Jane in their practice, like what they find the most useful and how they manage their practice with Jane. So just stories from our community. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. Every time I look over the agenda, I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm just excited to get everyone together and talk well, First about and it. foremost, it's Vancouver, BC in the summertime. Yeah, that was intentional too. We're so, like, just come and have a great time. It's going to be beautiful here. It really is going to be beautiful here. So we're like, stay for the whole week and come to the conference. Second, I'm speaking. So You're, obviously, everyone. Obviously. Speaking. So for all my fans, all three of you, including my mom. <laughs> Get up on that. Yeah, it'll, yeah, I'm excited to hear. Of, well, I, I mean, I always want to hear more of your story, and I know that now is probably not the time, but building out an entire community and then running your own conference. And I think your story is fascinating because it's probably just a lot of saying yes and trying things where you saw a need or felt like you were excited about something. So you've ended up, you've probably ended up somewhere where you weren't expecting to be either. Yes, a couple times, especially last year. And you do. You, you In the beginning, you have to start saying yes a lot until you have the ability to say no. But if yeah, you come right. out of the gate saying no, um, it's going to be a longer road, I guess. We have, I say that around the office because as a Jane's obviously a company that's changing fairly rapidly and has from the beginning. We started five years ago with only two people. So, of course, yeah. that's that's quite a change. And so... Right from the beginning, we've always said we start with a yes. And sometimes I like actually have to put my arms into a why. I'm like, we're starting with a yes, everybody. We're going to try something new today. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. But we're going to start. There's no failures. You don't fail. It's just a thing that didn't work. The learning. I've said this actually a few times, but it's something I've been really thinking a lot about because people call it a failure the very first time they try something. And I don't really know why it counts as a failure if you've never done it before. I always think the very first time you're doing something, you're just learning how to do something. That's like right. I, I looked up on YouTube, my dryer broke and I looked up how to, I was just like, I'll just troubleshoot the first few steps and then I'll call the repair person. And then YouTube's so amazing. I ended up actually replacing the whole thing and fixing it myself. But then later I tried to do the same with changing the wheel of my car. <laughs> it did not work. And I'm like, well, that was a learning. And you know, my learning was there is that I have BCAA, which is AAA for you. I should just call them. So I'm like, that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> I tried it. It could have worked. It did not work. And I had a different learning. But I'm like, the first time you try something, you're learning something. The second time you're doing the same thing and you don't do it right, then it's a failure, I think. The second time. And well, you're the- an entrepreneur. So you're a little, you're going to be risk averse, just like me. You're going you're gonna to be able to take some risks and not, not feel too 
the opposite of risk averse, whatever that is. You, you're willing to take risks, you know? I, I'm, well, I don't know. I'm not, I am, I'm, I don't take big risks. We take calculated small risks that I always ask, what's the worst thing that could happen? That's great. If I'm, if I'm okay with what the worst thing that could happen is, then we'll do it. But if we're not okay with that, we won't take that risk. And we do that at Jane. Like a lot of companies like ours are in a startup world and they will, um, like over hire and there's just, there's, there's risks that we're not willing to take. Um, and so actually we just presented our goals for this year to our company. And we said, you know, we, we do want to continue to grow the company, but we always, uh, we said, but not at the expense of, and the things are, we want to grow the company, but not at the expense of the happiness and delight of our staff or the happiness and delight of our customers, not at the expense of stability of the, of Jane. Uh, and, there is one other there's there we spelled them all out three of these things that were like it's important to know where that line is for you because those are your guide rails for your business and your life like what are you not what is too important what are you not going to do so all right as we start to sunset this podcast i've got a couple categories and maybe you can give me two or three of your highest values from each category okay so what are the what are these three or four highest values for jane um, the highest values for Jane, like our actual internal values. Well, we have values, yeah. on, which you can actually find on our website, which we just public, but we publicize. Um, it's uh, love Jane. And that means our customer, our product and our team uh, work hard. We expect everyone to work hard while they're there and have fun, which you're not supposed to put in values ever. They always tell you that's horrible, but have fun. <laughs> you say that not as like you have to smile, but it's just in that it's a, it's an indicator. If there's a problem, you don't have fun. And it means that there's something going wrong in your role or there's something going wrong in Jane or there's something going wrong with customers and it's indicating a problem. So if you're not having fun, it's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. Like you speak up because then we have to fix something. Yeah. So the value there is more being identifying the why behind that and then working towards the solution. So those are, those are our values. And I think our whole team can probably repeat them. Well, yeah, I think fun being a canary in the coal mine is a great way to put it. Yeah. Else, you know, if you're not having fun. There's uh, a problem somewhere. Yeah. And or or you're missing goals. some gratitude somewhere or you're yeah, missing the plot that you're yeah. really helping people. Exactly. You're helping people help a lot of people yeah. with their lives. Yeah. Well, it, it, that came up in our last year at the end of the year, we did a whole team wide planning day. And so I think it came up that we were supporting we're support, support, helping people help people help people. I think, <laughs> I think that's how far it went. Perhaps one more, but there was a lot of helping people all along the way. And it was funny how many layers through we were. Well, there was a moment like, uh, there's always these moments and one of, there's all these moments where uh, military people will meet other military people. And, uh, you know, that someone would be like, well, I was a sniper in the Marines. You know, what did you do? And I go, oh, well, I, I was a, you know, medic. I worked in the hospital, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, you weren't a real soldier or whatever. What? There was there was one time I met a, a Navy SEAL and he was doing the whole like, oh, it's a Navy SEAL. And what? And you were in the military. What do you do? Oh, I worked in the hospital. I was just a medic. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. And he stopped that whole conversation right there and was absolutely not. We are all integral in completing the mission. Thank yeah. you for your service, sir. I was like, right on. Uh-huh. So Navy SEALs are a little different than. <laughs> that like made me tear up right there. That was so lovely. That's very um, nice. So it's that kind of stuff. Like you guys are integral because you're helping folks help uh, so many people that are in need, you know, helping people. 
Yeah. I, that's nice to hear. I think that's definitely one of our, our guiding light stars is in everything that we do and how we build our company and how we build our support team and how we like even allied and, or what we're going to add to Jane. It's, is it helpful? Like it is always our goal. We always want to be helpful to our right. customer base and me being, you know, one of them canopy runs with Jane's. So <laughs> I'm like, what would be helpful to us? So the plans and dreams that we have for where we could go with Jane and what we could start to offer. Um, and to your point, the community that we could build there is really, it's super exciting. We're just getting started what we, where we hope to go with Jane. So there's, um, there's so much more that we can do. That'll be really fun. So we're excited that we can bring the community kind of along with that. And everyone's yeah. very friendly and vocal and has feelings about it. And so we like to bring their feedback in. Here's my next one. Yeah. Okay. So obviously anyone who's listening to this is going to be like, okay, Allie is brilliant. She's a brilliant <laughs> woman. She's smart. Or she's really good, good at fooling us. Uh-huh, but yeah. there's no doubt that going from running a clinic to a tech company took some sort of learning curve. Oh, yeah. You didn't learn it all at once. No. What, are, when people want to think bigger than just their own practice, what are some learning sources? What, what kind of things work the best to help you learn? Did you take classes? Were you in mastermind groups? Uh, did you read a lot of books? How did you get from zero to hero so fast? <laughs> I think hero is it's a bold choice of words. I, <laughs> um, I kind of have called it progressive weight training. It's sort of I said about having kids too. Yeah. You know, every day they're just a little bit different. And so it doesn't feel like you're making huge leaps. We didn't go from two people to a hundred people. We went from two people to four people to six people to eight people. And so you kind of go through this as progressive weight training and you slowly learn how that works over time. And if I'd gone from two people to a hundred people, this would not feel, this would not feel the same. Like I used to hate public speaking a lot. I really hated public speaking. You know, that uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I think said that people would rather at a funeral, people would rather be in the coffin than doing the eulogy. <laughs> like our fear of public speaking is greater than our fear of death. Yep. Uh, and I felt the same way, but now I can stand in front of a hundred of our team and talk to them. No problem. Because it's been just this gradual introduction of people that are all working. I always call Jane the best group project I've ever been a part of. It's everyone that's sort of working towards the same thing. And so I, I would, I think the learning is just try it. Like you should always just try it and just try one step. And if you see what happens in that one step and then you make a decision about where the next step is going to be. We call Jane climbing a mountain in the dark with a flashlight. So you know what the top of the mountain is. It's up there. We're going to try to get there. And there's probably a thousand paths to get there. And you only know which way to go because every step you can see just a little bit further with that flashlight. And so it's, I think that that's key for anything that you're doing that you've never done before is just take one step. It's not that scary to take one step and then you just decide what your next step is going to be. So that's, that's, um, that's how Canopy started too. I just started asking people like, Hey, would you give me a loan? And would you do some design work? And everyone just kept saying yes. And then I started asking practitioners, tell me about your practice and are you looking for somewhere to work? And then it's just kind of one conversation at a time, one step at a time. And it takes you Ah. farther than you'd expect. No, you highlighted something that's very powerful. So I, I know a lot of young chiropractors specifically, but I know this is in all different professions and uh, they'll, they'll join up. Like they'll, they'll 
get with me and Kevin Christie and the Chiropractic Success Academy and things like that. And they'll say, you know, give me the thing. Give <laughs> me the whatever, the trick. Give me the tool. Give me the thing. Yeah. And, and I've tried to explain to those folks, you know, there, it's there's, yeah, there's things, but you you can't just have the thing you gotta you have to be a certain way you have to under those are just tools and you have to understand how to use the tools properly and what you just gave away was obviously you've been raised with uh humility grace um like a non-quit attitude um pacing yourself and, and all those things were something you learned along the way it wasn't a tool that you bought from a cd or a book or anything no, I'm going to send this podcast to my parents now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say it was them specifically, but obviously they did something there, right? In yeah, your- well, I think, like I said, my parents are both um, physical therapists. So they were entrepreneurs. Like that's, they ran yeah. businesses. And I saw that and I saw the work that went into that and the passion. So I think that didn't feel like a departure for me to be, to have my own business. And then once you did a small business, this just seemed like, you know, a logical it didn't seem like a big deal. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's We're having a good time. It's really fun. But you're also a parent. Yeah. You, those, a parent. those things are never like you think they're going to be. Well, this is what I mean. I say everything in life is like this. And I did this with parenting too. I'm like, you just do what works till it doesn't work anymore. And then yeah. you keep it. And it's not precious. Like my kids sleep in my bed until I don't want them there anymore or until they don't want to be there anymore. And then we change it. Yeah, and buddy. And that's yeah. fine. If you don't want your kids to sleep in your bed, that's also fine. You just, you do you, you do your own family and you decide, I don't want them there. And then you do that until it doesn't work anymore. So I just think, yeah. oops, sorry. I think well, life young, in general is like that. Yeah. Uh, being in a relationships like that and having a spouse and children and even having pets, it's all if you thought things were just going to work and having a career, a healthcare career, like if you thought it was just going to work out a certain way and you were just going to check in every day and then check out at the end of the day and retire and that was it. Well, well first and foremost, what the fuck were you thinking anyways? <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what life is, you know, I embrace, that- embrace the variety and embrace the changes and all that stuff. Do you find that most people in healthcare though are they're pretty passionate about their career choice? I would say I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone that became wanted to become a therapist just because they thought it was going to be like the easiest job in the world or something. I think most people are pretty passionate about the the reason behind becoming a. Um, a I, I I think there's a blend. I think there's a blend. I've definitely met the people who just thought, who just joined at least our profession. Cause we're talking about chiropractic here. Yeah, yeah. I think there are specifically people that join because they heard they can make a certain amount of money. Oh, interesting. But the, it's not like it's a super fast. It's, uh, there are a lot of ways to make a lot more money, a lot faster and easier for sure. Yeah. Like you have to go through the whole education program and it just doesn't seem like it's something that you could get through if you were just phoning yeah. you know, it in. Like you do have to do quite a bit of work. Or like a blend. They wanted to make a lot of money caring for people, Yeah, but they didn't want to be medical doctors. Right. Or maybe they didn't want to compete with, uh, to try to get into a, a, a osteopathic or right. physical So maybe it wouldn't school. have necessarily been first choice. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying they're all taking a short way out. I, I do think there are definitely people out there who take a, a short way out or think it should be a lot easier. Um, and when it's not easier, they fold instead of fighting back. I would say like 90% of um, chiros or practitioners that I meet tend to, ta- they tend to have a story where 
they were injured or at yeah. some point in their life went for treatment and it was just a life changer to them. Well, let me tell you a little secret about that right there. There are definitely absolutely some that, that that's the case. And there are some that have been told by uh, an older mentor that they need to make up a story like that. Really? Yes. Shut up. That would sorry to break your heart, but. Do you think I'm just gullible? Maybe I'm just gullible. I no, I think you care about people and you're a great listener. Um, and I think, like I said, there are definitely some people who have absolutely experienced those things. And there are some that have had a mentor or a guru tell them they need, they need to have one of those stories. That's and probably go around and be like, what's your chiropractic story? And I, I wanted to me make personally be like, my chiropractic story, uh, what are you talking about? Like, you got to have a story. If you're going to attract people to your business, you're, you need to, your practice. Wow. Never occurred to me, but now I'm going to be a lot more. Um, I'm going to be like, tell me more about that. How did you injure yourself? Yeah. What was if they your can show you some scars or something. Show me <laughs> and then I dig a little deeper. Well, I did have a massage therapist come into Canopy once that I was interviewing to, have, to come work at the clinic. And they said, I said, well, why did you get into massage therapy? And they said, well, I was teaching motorcycle classes, like how to ride motorcycles. I just felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I just looked around for like, what was the least amount of education where I could make the most <laughs> money? And I was like, mm, no, I don't think you, sh I don't think you should work here. So to your point, he, it would have been better for him to say, I injured myself on a motorcycle accident right. and my massage therapy changed my life. I would be like, great, you're in. That's funny. I, and I have no problem with those stories. Some people will make up those stories, but they'll start to live it. You know, some people are uh, still very young and they need to find their passions. Mm -hmm. um, and that could give them a stepping up towards finding a passion. So, you know, whatever. Interesting. This I don't beat them up about it. I just, I beat up the gurus who tell them that they have to have a story. I'm like, we oh. could have a real philosophical discussion right now about truth and lies and, <laughs> and purpose. Well, this isn't the only time we're going to have a podcast together. No, no. We're going to do many this, more. Yeah, this is too good to not, not bring you <laughs> on a couple more times eventually. The last thing I wanted to close out with is for the Jane listeners out there the, and the super fans and, um, and uh, the ones that would fly across the world just for you mm. to talk to you and all that stuff. What are three to four ways to be a great Jane user? Like what are, what are three or four pieces of advice to give folks as they step into the Jane world on like how to really maximize the benefit from it? Um, one, I would say, please know that there's text reminders that you can turn on that you just need to go into your settings and set them up. Jane has text reminders. Please find them, turn them on. They're awesome. <laughs> we have online intake forms. We have like all these features that people just don't, sometimes we have a feature request list and people will ask for things and we're like, we have that. Please go use it. Yeah, you already you already have the the ability to do that. So I would say one is um, definitely even if you've been using Jane for a long time, click everything and go see what's what's in Jane um, because there's probably more than you know that you could start using and that could be a benefit to you. The other is our team is desperately eager to hear from you all the time. Um, we're our success is your success. So if if we can make Jane better, it's going to be better for us too. Better for you, better for us. We're all aligned on what we want here. So feel free to contact our team if there's things. I used to say, if you ever hear yourself going like, ugh, Jane, that you should definitely call us. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever want Jane's name to be said like that. But that does get more challenging as we, as we grow. Um, so, but let us know where, where Jane could be better. There's a feature request list from the drop down menu at the top right. 
Um, that would be two. Did you say three? Yeah. There's so many. Come to Allied. You're going to learn so much. It's going to be amazing. And um, Shift P. There's a few, like a Shift P gives you privacy mode. So you can, you can hide your screen if there's people looking at your screen, which is also a cool one. There's lots of keyboard shortcuts that can be helpful. There's so many things about Jane that uh, we just think people must be using. And then we tell people at conferences and they just go, oh, we're like, what? You could have been using that the whole time. And it just makes me a little bit like crazy. So our, um, our whole guide online, all of our guide documents are online. Everything's on our website. There's nothing gated um, other than the feature request list because we need to know who to contact when the features come out. But everything else is just on our website. So go there, learn things. Sweet. Yeah, try to break your Jane. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we can help. There's nothing you can do to <laughs> mess it up so badly that we can't fix it. So there's also actually practitioner and staff training right on our website. We're just launching some new university courses. So if you have staff coming in, you don't have to train them. We'll train them. There's quizzes and videos they can watch. And I'm actually really looking to bring in some of our internal content about things like values and how to be a team player and positive conversations at work, all the stuff that we do when we train our team, uh, I thought would be very helpful if we could provide that as part of the training material as well. So I'm trying to weave that in even to our external training that we offer to our Jane community because you all need the same things we need. Like I said before, there's parallels running a clinic, running this company. It's all the same. We want staff that are positive and committed and helpful and resourceful. And so all the training that we're doing is very relevant. So I just, we're trying to weave that in. So that's all available on the website too. We're just starting to separate it out. So it's easier to find. Amazing. Yeah. And if you don't know what Jane is, you go look it up. Yeah. Allison Taylor, you're awesome. So we are both uh, residents of Cascadia, a unique bioregion <laughs> of the Pacific Northwest of That's North right. America. Yeah. And, uh, and it shows we, we vibe very well. And yes, you will be on this podcast again at some point, and I will be seeing you soon at Aligned. Did I say it right? It's Aligned, right? Allied. Allied. Holy but crap. Like See, I'm thinking too chiropractic here. Aligned. I know. I allied. like being aligned because that was the whole <laughs> point of the name was that like Jane's allied with you and you're allied with your customers and it was supposed to be. That's great. Aligned is a great one too. Love it. And uh, I appreciate you being on the show and I'll talk to you again soon. I'll be uh, seeing you in Vancouver and um, that's all I got, man. Yeah. Thank that you. was a great. It was, what's it called? An extra? I don't, yeah, I don't do any of that. Like, <laughs> Hey, this is Bali. It was great to have you here. Hey, cool. Peace, man. And you just, everyone goes really low in their voice when they do those. They do like this big, loud, my kids could do it for you because they're all trying to be YouTube stars. Nope, not here. I'm just, uh, I don't, I never want conversations to stop, but at some point you got to say goodbye because we got other stuff to do. That's true. <laughs> so thank you. I'm going to stop recording yeah. now. Thanks.